Hey, good morning and welcome to Springbrook. It's so good to have you here this morning as we begin our parenting series. If you're a guest today, it's so good uh, to have you as part of our celebration. We hope you enjoy your time here. Well, let's see what kind of parents we have out here. How many have kids from uh, baby to 10 years old? Raise your hand. Oh, wow. Wow, those people. You need to pray uh, for sleep for these people. They need sleep. And uh, if they nod off during the service, that's fine. Let them sleep. They need it. Okay. About 11 to 18-year-olds. Got anybody in the teenage range there? Okay. These people need wisdom. Lots of wisdom and how to deal with a complicated years like that. How many 18 and up? 18 and 20? They need money. <laughs> they just need money. So if you want to hand some money down to them, that would be helpful to them. How many grandparents do we have? Grandparents. Oh, awesome. I tell you what, you have such a critical role, as you know, to play in your grandchild's uh, life. Uh, how many uh, hate children? They just can't stand them. I mean, they you know, make wide bursts around them when they go to the store. <laughs> Well, maybe you don't have kids, but I tell you what, you have nieces, you have nephews, you always have children somewhere in your life, and uh, we hope that this series for you, uh, you'll be able to learn some things. You can pass on to counsel and counsel with other people who are parents or have a better understanding of their world, and uh, also just to, uh, again, uh, be uh, more aware in prayer for them in regards to uh, their needs. Well, the challenge today in parenting, among others, is to raise G-rated kids in an X-rated world. Let's look at Hannah Montana here. I mean, what happened to Hannah Montana, huh? Miley Cyrus, I remember years ago, I'd catch uh, that show, uh, flipping through channels, and she looked so nice and together and and then she went off the edge. You see the VMA Awards or at least uh, clips from that? Like, what is going on with that? And how many of you mothers had to explain to their daughters about Miley, like, you can't really follow Miley anymore? Anybody out there had to have that conversation? It's, you know, the Gannison's over here. It's really disappointing. You have a role model uh, that, again, goes the wrong way. And this is what we're constantly seeing. Uh, this type of behavior, these type of models in the media. There's all kinds of things that influence our kids. Uh, we've got the Internet. Boy, that is really, really uh, a concern because kids these days, they don't have textbooks. They bring their tablet to school, and that, that's good. I can see the benefits of that, but the computer is so woven into the way that they live and, and the web, and the problem is that there's so much trash on the web. You just think about pornography. But you go beyond pornography, and with a mouse click, they can get to the raunchiest things that Satan has created on this earth and propagated. And I tell you, it really is going to be more and more of an issue as we move into the future in terms of all kinds of addictions. And you have TV and movies. <laughs> There is no family hour. I don't know. Years ago that went away uh, when you could uh, trust uh, the networks with your kids. 
Uh, now we've got Family Guy and Two and a Half Men and Gossip Girl and, and the list goes on. And you can't watch TV anymore. You really have to search far and wide for something for your kids uh, to watch. And, of course, the movies, that's a whole other issue. Uh, social values, that's another fear. Just your kids living in this culture and watching other adults and watching other kids and what they pick up from them. Friends is so important. What friends your children have. This is one of our concerns with our kids growing up. We have an 18, 20, and 23-year-old. And we're always carefully monitoring their friendships. And you want to be careful about that. So there's all kinds of things uh, that we can fear but you know, we don't have listed the number one fear. The number one influence fear. Just think about it for a moment. What do you think it is? What's the thing that could impact your child in the most negative way? Well, here it is. You! <laughs> you! That's what I'm most concerned about. I'm concerned about me. I'm concerned about what, what my kids are going to tell the counselor about ten years from now. Yeah, my dad, he was a real head case. And, uh, <laughs> you know, really. I mean, that's my number one concern for my kids because I have more influence in their lives than the Internet, movies, and the social values, and the uh, friends that they hang out with by the way that I model how to live life. Because they are going to follow my lead. You remember the moment, that moment in time when you realized that you had become your mother or father? <laughs> that really shakes you up, right? It's like, oh no, what I wish didn't happen, what I, I worked so hard not to happen has happened. I mean, I laugh like my dad, I sneeze like my dad, I have the same values like my dad. I talk like my dad. It just happens, right? This is the moment right here. Uh, it's scary. It is scary, man. <laughs> well, friends, we are not perfect. And we're going to hand stuff down uh, to our kids. That, that is not good. But we can continue to seek after God in order that we might be the proper models for our children. The goal of parenting is to transfer your child's dependence on you to their dependence on God. That's the ultimate goal, is to teach your children, I know you're dependent upon me, but as the years go by, continuing to remind them that they only can depend upon Jesus Christ for everyday life. They've got to walk with Christ, that Christ lived through, it, through them. Uh, that is the foundation that they need to build their lives upon. So that's what we're going to be exploring as we go through this parental guidance series. Today, talking about loving your kids. Next week, developing your kids, helping them to find their unique abilities and gifts and strengths. Disciplining uh, your kids. That's always a popular topic. Uh, protecting your kids, as we've referenced before. And also, hey, take out your communication slip. And if you have a question or something that I, you'd like me to address, I can't guarantee I'm going to do that, but I would love to hear what you're thinking about. You know, I'm having this issue with my child. and You can just take a piece of paper and put it in the offering bag if you don't put your name on it. But again, I would really like to hear from you in regards to what, what needs you have at this time. 
in order that I might build that into my teaching. Well, another thing that we have going on, which you're probably aware of, is that we have a parenting conference coming up. We have two different workshops this weekend. We have Tom Beanert, uh, elementary age parenting, uh, from 7 to 9.30 p.m. this Friday night. Tom uh, was a children's pastor up at Willow uh, for 10 years. He has seven grown children himself, and he wants to talk about discovering and maximizing your child's life strengths. So if you have elementary age kids, we do have child care. We encourage you to register uh, for that. The next day, we won't have child care. We'll be talking about teenagers, parenting teenagers. Greg Speck, both Justin and I know him. He is so funny, and uh, he's going to be so engaging from 9 to 3 p.m. Now, I know that if you attend this particular workshop, either of the workshops, that a moment's going to come, and you're going to say, I wish blank were here. I wish my brother or sister were here. I wish my neighbor were here. Well, let's all have that moment together, okay? I wish they were here. Okay. Well, the reason I do that is because once you wish that they were there, it's going to be too late. <laughs> okay? So today is the day to wish. And so what you want to do is you want to take a postcard and you want to invite them out to this. And this is such an easy ask, as I've said before. You're not saying come out to my church uh, they might attend another church. This is open to our whole community. We want people from other churches to come. We just want to encourage people in biblical parenting. So again, ask people. How many have already asked somebody to come out to either our series or our workshop? Raise your hands high so I can see it. Uh, that's not good enough, friends. <laughs> that's not good enough. We need everyone who calls Springbrook their home. How many have kids on their street where they live? Okay, raise your hands. All right, yeah. You have kids, right? There's kids all over the place. Just go down the street and say, hey, listen, we'd love to have you come out to this particular seminar. Again, you don't have to come to my church. People get freaked out sometimes. <laughs> but just this is just a, a seminar to help you uh, to grow. So Springbrook, this is the time when we need to spring into action. Everybody needs to at least invite somebody. Go to Walmart. They have a lot of kids there. <laughs> Find some kids somewhere, some parents somewhere. When you go to your practice for your little league or whatever your kids are into, bring a stack along, pass them out. Let's let people know we have a bunch of them out here. You can take a 10-pack and uh, get the word out. So we're looking forward uh, to that. Now let's talk about how we can raise G-rated kids in an X-rated world. Now, it's interesting that uh, we're going to be looking at a passage that talks about this particular issue. It has to do uh, with the Israelites. And they were, of course, wandering through the desert. And they were just about to go into the Promised Land. And Moses was speaking uh, to them. And they had been isolated. They had been out in the middle of nowhere. So there wasn't other people, other nations that were impacting them in a negative way, leading them into sin. They had their own issues, uh, but at least they didn't have those negative influences. Now they were going into the land of Canaan, the promised land. And it wasn't that promising in some ways. In the sense that you had these Canaanites, and they were just evil in every way. They were perverted cultures. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? They were the Canaanites. 
They were the people who just gave themselves over to every type of sexual lust and perversion. Uh, and God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, in fact, when people do studies in pornography, many times they'll start with Sodom and Gomorrah as an illustration of uh, where those type of practices uh, started to uh, begin uh, in history. Uh, so they were going into a culture where they actually uh, sacrificed uh, children to the god of Moloch. They sacrificed their kids. That's how sick it was. So God says, all right, now as you guys go into the land, this is what you need to remember to keep your kids pure, to keep your kids committed to me. We read in Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 and 2, Moses is giving them the commands again. He says, these are the commands and decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord and your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. So Moses is saying, if you want your kids to have the type of life that God wants them to have, you need to follow well, the Torah in this case, but as we look at God's Word, uh, we say uh, God's Word is commands, uh, what He asks us to do, how He asks us to live. This is what we need to teach our children. This is God's truth. This is God revealed. And we need to teach our children about who God is. We need to teach them about His love for them. We need to teach uh, them that God loved us so much in our sin and our rebellion that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth in order that He might die for our sins, that He might pay the penalty. The penalty of sin is death, eternal death. But God sent His own Son in order that we might live. And to become a Christ follower, you simply realize you're a sinner, you got nothing to offer God, you can't work your way to heaven, and you accept God's free gift of salvation that He provided for at the cross. And that's how you come into relationship with God. And that's what you need to teach your children. You need to lead them into a relationship with God. And then you need to disciple them. You, help, you need to help them to become a strong follower of Jesus Christ. So many times people have the attitude uh, when they think about God's commands, oh, they're so restrictive. God's a killjoy. He wants me to uh, live a Puritan life and I'm not going to have any fun. No, that's not the case at all. God wants you to live life like uh, many people have never lived it. And that is a life walking with Him, experiencing life as He intended it. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 talks about the importance of following God's commands. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is, my first com this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Again, if you want a blessed life, you need to honor your father and mother. Now, the corollary truth in that particular command, if you honor your father and mother and they're living a godly life, you're going to be like them. But we need to start out as parents living a godly life. Parental guidance. The first thing we want to talk about is love your God. That's what we see here. In these passages, love your God. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you came uh, to our parenting series and you're not even sure if there is a God. 
but you're trying to find out. That's great. I'm so glad you came because we want to help you to find out about who God is. Maybe you came and you, you believe there's a God, but you've been checked out of church for a long time for whatever reason. We're so glad you came, and we would love to have uh, Springbrook be your home if you so desire, so we can encourage you in your spiritual life. Maybe you came today and you just kind of drifted away from God. We're so glad you came because we want to help you to get connected uh, again to a daily walk uh, with Jesus Christ. And maybe you came today and, and you realize you're just a casual Christ follower. And it's kind of like here and there. And, and, and we're so glad you came because we want to encourage you to walk so much more closely uh, with Him uh, through His power. So love your God. We want you to identify who your God is, uh, the only God, the God of Abraham, uh, and love Him. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 talks about this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. We're to love God with everything that we have, our heart, our emotions, our soul. I, I think that maybe speaks of a core commitment, being committed to God. And our strength, our physical strength, our emotional strength, our psychological strength, we need to give it all to God. Just like when we have gone through that experience of falling in love with somebody. Isn't that a beautiful experience to fall in love? And it's, you're just... Your life is revolving around that person. Everything you do, everything you think about revolves around that person. Well, that's the nature of what our relationship should be with God. Not always that emotional high, but the fact that we need to constantly remind ourselves that God is the one who is at the center of our lives. In fact, this is called the Shema, what we're reading here. And devout Jews did and still do to this day repeat this three times a day. And the whole idea is the idea that they need to be reminded, just as we do, that God is the one that we need to seek. He's the one we need to give our full-time energies to. And I know in my life, uh, I really seek to follow God, and I ask for His power to do that, but many times, again, I drift. I know early in my career as a pastor, uh, I, I put my career as the one thing that I love the most more than my wife and more than my kids. And it's kind of odd to be in ministry and, and love your ministry more than you do God, but that's kind of the way it was. And I was young and I was getting off, uh, you know, uh, on the career track and I, I was uh, devoting all my time and energy. And again, I would do enough to, to keep my wife from yelling at me too much and <laughs> keep everybody happy, keep everybody at bay so I could do what I want to do. Uh, we've all been there in one way or another, right? With the thing that we've loved the most. And friends, I tell you, it was not good. When we love something more than we love God, first of all, and our wife and kids or whatever, uh, I tell you what, it is painful. It might seem right in the moment, but it creates a lot of pain in our lives. And, and the question you and I need to ask is, what are we the most passionate about? I mean, what do you really become excited about? Maybe it's the bears. I don't know. I mean, some people really do worship 
the Bears. That's their whole life. When I lived up in Wisconsin, there were a lot of worshipers of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I mean, the, the, their, their emotions went up and down based on how the Packers did. Some people worship that. Some people worship their stuff. Some people worship their experiences. Some people even worship their kids. Now, wait a second. You can't worship your kids. You can never be good enough for your kids. Yes, you can be too kid-centric, they call it. You don't want your family to be kid-centric. It's all about the kids. We live for the kids. We live and die for the kids. What is that teaching your kids? The kids think that the world revolves around them. And they already have enough of that internally built into them. <laughs> you don't want to communicate to them. We need to love our kids and take care of them. But we don't go overboard for them. We go overboard for God. The only person we go overboard for is God because we're totally sold out to Him. And so we need to continue to pray and say, God, give me a heart for you. Help me not to drift. Help me not to put other things at the center of my life in order that I might model for my kids how to live life. Because, friends, I don't know what this world's going to be like five years from now. I don't know what it's like to be 15 years from now, 25 years from now. But it's going to be ugly. And the most important thing that you can give your children is a model of how to walk with Jesus Christ, how to be totally dependent upon Him, how to study this world, how to be pursuing God. And if your kids grow up and, and the thing that stands out most uh, about you is the fact that you pursued God, that is the most beautiful gift you can ever give to them. Because I tell you, you know, you're going to get old and die and they're going to continue to live, hopefully. And what are they going to have? If you've left them with a legacy of spiritual pursuit, uh, that is going to be something that will carry them through no matter what is going to happen uh, in their lives. That's what we need to do uh, as parents. Uh, Abraham Lincoln on parenting he said, there's just one way to bring up a child in the way you should go, and that is to travel that way yourself. Right? We've got to walk the talk. And I, I watch parents these days, and sometimes I see them so uh, committed to their children in certain areas, for example, academics. It's all about academics. It's all about your grades. It's all about school. Now, again, very important school, but is it really all about school or it's about sports? It's all about getting on the right team. It's all about, uh, again, devoting your energies, all your energies to becoming better at whatever sport you might be involved in. But is it really all about sports? Or maybe it's uh, the arts. Maybe it's drama. Maybe it's music, uh, band, orchestra, whatever. Some parents are teaching their children that it's all about academics or it's all about sports or it's all about band. They're really stressed out kids. <laughs> their parents are going to be devoted to all of them, right? What are you teaching your kids is the most important thing in life. What are you teaching them? I watch some parents, and it's like the coach of their team runs their life. Well, the coach said this, and the coach said that, and the coach said I have to be at practice or I'm not going to play on the team. Well, who cares? Get off the team. Don't let the coach run your life. You are the leader of your family, not 
the coach, not the teacher, not whoever's telling you, you got to do this or your kid's not going to whatever, whatever. The most important thing is that your kid walks with God. I see some parents, and I tell you what, they will not miss a practice or a game. But when it comes to being here in the house of God, it's like when I can make it. What are you teaching your children? You're teaching, hey, all these things are so important. You've got to study, 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 study. You've got to exercise, play, play, play. You've got to you know, work on that instrument. Oh, church, yeah, when we get around to it. And you're sending a very negative message to your kids. And I tell you what, on the average, not always true, but your kids are not going to move beyond the level of your spirituality in their life. You look at your spiritual life right now, that's probably where your kids are going to be in 10, 20 years. You have so much influence over them. And friends, it is not too late. Even if your kids are grown, you still have influence on your kids. I can remember caring for my dad. He died years ago. And man, he still had influence on me. It's amazing. No matter what mistakes you've made in the past, Repent and ask the Lord to give you new avenues to speak into your children's lives because they're still watching you and you're still influencing them. God's full of grace and He wants to help you. He wants to help you to continue to make an impact in your children's lives. Here's an interesting statistic about church involvement. Uh, if mom and dad went to church, uh, 72% of kids will as adults. If mom only went to church, 15% of kids will as adults. If neither mom nor dad, 6% of kids will as adults. And if dad only went to church, 55% of kids will as adults. Men, men. You know, so many men say, honey, you take care of it. That spiritual stuff, you take care of it. No, 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 no. God has asked you to take care of it. He has you to take the lead in every area of your family. And and it shows right here the fact that, you know, mom might be very committed to church and but if the dad's checked out, that is really hurting her efforts. Now for you single moms out there or, uh, again your husband doesn't attend church, God is going to show you grace. You've done everything you can. I'm just speaking to men here. This is so important that you might say, I mean it's, oh, oh man oh, some some people will say to me, Well I'm gonna I'm going to let my children decide on their own. What? What? You've got to be kidding me. If you are a committed Bears fan, oh, Vikings, Packers fans, I don't know. We're just going to watch all the different games. No, 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 no. If I am a Bears fan, my boys will be a Bears fan, and they'll live someplace else. You know what I'm saying? When people say, well, they can make up their mind, I know they do not know Jesus Christ. I know they do not have a strong value about God's Word. Right? Don't let your children make up their own mind. Oh, mercy. You've got to guide them. You've got to lead them. Proverbs 27, the righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. Again, we're not perfect friends, every day we just need to continue to pursue Jesus and let Him work in us and transform us and 
And our kids are going to see that. My kids, you know, are older now. No, a lot of my weaknesses, you know. But they know that Dad continues to chase after Jesus. They know that. And I want them to live that kind of life uh, for the rest of their lives. All right, effective parenting. Uh, you got to lead your family. Lead your family. We look at Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. Uh, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, let's talk about this. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Impress them in the original language speaks of uh, piercing something. Just as Scripture is said to pierce uh, uh, our moral, uh, the idea that we need to, to impress upon our kids, continue to remind them about who God is and how much He loves them and, and what He desires uh, for them. Uh, that's what we need to do. Talk about them when you sit at home. Uh, it's so important to use these times to talk to your kids uh, after dinner. It's so important to have dinner together as a family. And I know it's so challenging with so many different things going on, but I challenge you as parents. I mean, really think through your schedule and say, how many dinners can we have uh, together this week? And, and really be intentional about it because those are such important family, cultural building times. And then have a time alone uh, or time with your kids with God. Uh, Keys for Kids, I've recommended that in the past. You can do a Google search on that. It's a great devotional. Do they use key, Keys for Kids out there? Uh, well, uh, you can get a mobile. They're coming out with a mobile app. But all that to say is that's a great devotional to start with. There are a lot of other kids' devotionals out there. But lead your family in prayer. And some of you guys say, well, my wife is so far ahead of me. Don't worry about that. Well, she loves it. Your wife loves it when you lead spiritually. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian a year, if she's been a Christian 15 years, oh, she eats it up. So lead your family. You can just read a simple devotional and read the Word, pray. There you got it. You know, it's a start in discipling your kids in that way. It says when you walk along the road, uh, probably drive <laughs> in our culture. Yeah, I, I love it uh, when I have the opportunity to drive with my uh, children, one thing that really drives me nuts is this whole shotgun thing. I, I don't know what it is. Are girls into shotgun? Is that is it, uh, just as much as boys? Okay, I don't have girls, so I'm not sure. <laughs> and, and it's just like, I mean, they still do it. I mean, they're adults, and they drive, and they're still arguing over shotgun, I tell you. When they get older, it does not get better. It's the same issues, the same personalities. It just gets louder. It's kind of like, come on, guys, what's the deal? So I've always made it a rule. Hey, listen, if you're riding shotgun, you're talking to me. That dissuades some of them. Because <laughs> I have a thousand questions. <laughs> I want to get to know you. <laughs> hey, listen, they're captive. You're picking them up from school. And I, I've told some of my kids, listen, I'm not taking you unless you talk to me. All right? I mean, hey, I'm going out of my way for you. You've got to open up your mouth. Because sometimes kids will go through phases where they'll say nothing. The minimum, they've got like five words a day for you. Right? Eat. You know. 
But hey, if you're doing stuff for them, there's got to be a payback here, okay? I want to communicate with you. So, uh, and then when you lie down. Oh, that's a beautiful time, especially with smaller children, just to snuggle up with them and to pray with them, to, to remind them about how good God is. And, oh, I just, uh, sometimes I'd love to have children again. And most I'm not, but uh, <laughs> I'm too tired. <laughs> but the point being is, oh, it's just so wonderful to teach them the Lord's Word, to pray for them. Pray with your kids every, every day. Pray with your children. Teach your children that the way we do life is through prayer, the way you cope. With any issues that come in their life, they come in crying, they're upset about something that happened at school, you process through it, you pray. Uh, something else goes, something good happens, you process through it, you pray. You pray, you pray, you pray. You teach them that God's always there, He's interested in His little things in our lives. You model how to live the Christian life before them. Uh, tie them as symbols of your hand, uh, on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Uh, now, they actually, you know, wore these phylacteries on their foreheads, and they had little boxes that had the Torah in it, the Ten Commandments, or a couple different verses. Well, I think the application for us is uh, the way you decorate your homes. I, I have not a decorating bone in my body. If it were for me, my office would just be empty. <laughs> but other people have come, come to help me. But you ladies do such a wonderful job of decorating. And I tell you what, you know, what this is saying is that you need, with your children, to put up as many reminders of who God is in your home, as many pictures, as many verses, whatever. You know, unbelievable creativity uh, with you ladies. Uh, but remind your children as they go throughout your home what is the most important thing in life. Uh, Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. This idea of train uh, in the Hebrew speaks of a midwife who uh, has a newborn, and so what she does is she usually takes some dates and crushes uh, them up and uh, gets the juice on her finger and then puts the finger uh, on the roof of the mouth of the infant in order to get that sucking going, in order that a child might uh, feed on its mother's breast. Uh, so that's the idea here. Train a child in the way you should go. Create a thirst. Create a desire in your kids for the things of God. Here are some things you can train your children in. Train them to manage God's money. Train them to carefully select friends. All these uh, are proverbs. So this would be a great thing to spend, uh, to do in your time alone with God. Train them to watch their words. Train them to be responsible. Train them to guard their mind. Train them to be generous. Train them to fear God. We need to train our kids to be holy. In fact, here's a great thing that you can do this week. I really would encourage you to do this. Uh, next time your child comes up to you and, and, and pushes back, and you can't watch that TV show, it's not that bad, Mom. Yeah, it has some bad stuff in it, or you can't go to that movie. Oh, come on. There are a lot worse movies. What you do, <laughs> I'm sure it is in the past, but you say, hey, let's make some brownies. Okay, let's make some brownies. Oh, who doesn't? Anybody not like brownies here? I'm sure that maybe, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, we all like brownies, right? I mean, oh, let's get a picture of the brownies up here. Oh, those look really, really good. Man, I don't get hungry on me yet. 
So he said, let's make some brownies, all right? So you get all the, you know, uh, <clears throat> ingredients out. And you say, listen, I want you to go to the backyard, and I want you uh, to get some of the dog's poop. Now, if you don't have a dog, you can go to another yard. But uh, get some dog poop, okay, and bring it in. And you know, the kid's looking like, what are you talking about? Just, just, just trust me here. Just trust me. So the kid comes back, and it says, okay, now, I want you just to make a little morsel, like a chocolate morsel, but a dog poop, okay? Uh, a poop morsel, all right? And, and we're going to put it in the brownie uh, mix. And the kid's going like, you have lost your mind, man. What is wrong with you? And, and so you put it in there and you mix it all up and, 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 and you pour it into the pan, put it in the oven. So you want to lick the bowl? <laughs> Mom, Dad! <laughs> right? And then you, 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 you cook the brownies or bake the brownies, it is, and you bring them out and you cut them up and present them beautifully. Okay, go for it. Go for it. No way. No way. I can't believe this. You throw those things away. Get them out of the house. But there's just a little bit of poop. That's all. I mean, there's probably one of those brownies that doesn't have any poop in them. You know, it's just a little bit of poop. That's all it is. I mean, what's the problem? You said there's a little bit of language in that movie or a little bit of this. Well, you've got to use that. You've got to use that, guys. I never had a chance to use that. But man, I tell you, if my kids were younger, I still could do it today, but um, yeah. <laughs> we need to teach our kids to be holy. Holy. All right. One thing I really want to encourage you guys in, because as we talk about parenting, and it's hard work, and I don't want you to walk out of here guilty and all that kind of stuff, because that's not my intent. I'm just encouraging you in this way. But the one thing I really do want you to walk out of here with is the only way that you can truly be an effective parent and lead your children spiritually is that you need to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I want you to listen uh, to the story uh, that illustrates this. My name is John Pagani and I'd like to share with you my spiritual journey. It all started a couple years ago uh, when my wife and I were looking for another church to attend. And our neighbors, the Mendez, told us about Springbrook. So one Sunday we decided to join them and we fell in love with Dan's message. A hunger started to grow inside of me and I wanted to know more. And what happened was I called Pastor Rich. And Pastor Rich said, let's meet out at Starbucks. We met at 5.30 in the morning. This actually happened a couple of times. Um, and he answered all my questions. He did a fantastic job answering my questions. And that last time we met, the hunger just grew inside for wanting to know Christ more and more. So I started listening to AM radio, uh, Pastor Greg Laurie. I started to read the Bible. Um, <clears throat> and then I started watching Jesus of Nazareth. And that's when it all hit me, that... You know, Christ died for me. Um, that he has to be number one in my life. Um, before I knew Christ, I used to be a very selfish person. Uh, things used to be all about me. And this put a real strain on my marriage. Um, after I got to know Christ, I realized that he comes first. My family comes second, and I'm last. 
also before I knew Christ, it put a lot of strain on with my kids. I used to have a real short fuse. Uh, I wouldn't be compassionate. I wouldn't want to hear it. I wanted to do what I said. And after I found Christ, my temper has changed. It really improved a lot. Now, I'm not perfect, um, but I mean, it's changed a lot. I'm more understanding now than what I used to be, um, and I owe it all to him. You know, he's just completely changed my life. I understand now why certain things happened in my life, where before I used to be angry as to why this didn't happen, or why I didn't get that position or whatever. Now, I understand why, um, and it all makes sense, and I owe it all to Christ. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, you're in the right place. Springbrook will definitely help you. Everybody at this church has been outstanding. They're like a family to me. And Pastor Dan and Pastor Rich and Pastor Justin, they do a phenomenal job and they would love to teach you about Jesus. Thank you very much for hearing my journey and I really encourage you to find Christ. John's here and uh, wanted to thank him for uh, sharing his story uh, with us. So inspirational, John, of how Christ has transformed your life. Kirsten was going to be here, but she had to work. And he transformed both your lives. And uh, I just wanted to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you uh, for the life transformation that has taken place in John's life. How you have invaded his life. You've taken over. You've made him new. You, you've changed just internal desires. And that, that's, that's what we want to talk about here and emphasize is that it's only through the power of Christ that we can do these things, that we can be the parents that you desire us to be. And so I pray for uh, John and Kirsten and their beautiful children, Nate and Elizabeth, and continue to bless them as they build this Christian home. And I pray that we as a church might be able to encourage them and that we as a church might be able to continue to encourage and inspire and ask people uh, to check out Jesus, to come into relationship with him and see the beautiful things uh, that he will do. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of parenting, and I pray you'd be with John and Kirsten as they uh, continue on their journey. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for your generosity to our HeartStrong Fund. Uh, your giving to that fund enables this particular conference that we have uh, coming up. We have uh, about 2,000 invested in the conference itself, and we have about 2,000 that help with some of the advertising uh, that we did. And because of your gifts, because of your love for God, uh, parents are going to be able uh, to grow uh, this weekend. So thank you so much. If we could have our ushers come forward at this time to gather our offering. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for how you provide for our ministry. Thank you for how we can help people to become better parents. And hopefully, if they don't know you, ultimately, to discover uh, true change, uh, true life in you. Lord, I ask that you would bless this conference, and I pray you bless uh, my friends here as we continue uh, to sacrificially give to you because we love you so much. In Christ's name.